I got the PlayStation VR 2 this week, and it was fun to try to set it up in a room designed to be dark. I'll tell you how it's different from what you've, what you've used before and why it has potential. Tonight is February 26, 2023, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say, uh, even if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So, video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore. What would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. That's right. Incoming hogwash. Because it's all VR. Pod culture is already drunk. It's playing the drinking game. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a, a a VR edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminiscing about gaming's history. Uh, my name is Bobby Blackwolf. Welcome. If you are here live, thank you so much for being here on this Sunday night. Uh, we, we do tape the show live each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash vog network. Uh, come join us, and uh, I'll be trying to read intelligent comments from chat throughout the night, like uh, SJ1 or Matt saying, Incoming googly eyes, yes. There are more googly eyes showing up uh, in this house. Uh, so, um, uh, so yeah, but if you can't be here live, I completely understand. Uh, this is a podcast. Uh, so we do have a Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Uh, that is where we are throughout the week. You can actually react and, and contribute that way uh, if you want to talk about previous episodes or what we should talk about in the next episode. Or uh, if uh, – and, and also tonight, uh, there is going to be a lot of video in this. Uh, I am going to actually try to put this up on YouTube, uh, at least the portion that is relevant for video. Uh, you, if you are, if you subscribe to our Twitch channel, you will be able to see it on the VOD page on Twitch. You'll be able to watch this, but you have to be subscribed to us on Twitch to be able to get that. But that one part, I'm going to hopefully, uh, depending on how it goes, uh, put it up on YouTube tonight. It really depends on how it comes across tonight. Um, so, and Mike Def says, yes, it's happy hour tonight at Bobby Blackwell's show. That is right. So, uh, the first thing I do want to mention before we get into all that stuff, um, is, uh, and the timing is wonderful on this, uh, but, uh, you know, I do a lot of stuff with the Games Done Quick uh, charity marathon. They actually did announce that Summer Games Done Quick is going to be in person again at the end of May instead of the end of June in Minneapolis. But right now, they are running uh, another uh, week-long marathon uh, called Frost Fatales. Now, Frost Fatales is... Um, it, it is, uh, and they're actually in a break right now. They're doing Metroid Dread next. But watch my show and then watch Metroid Dread uh, after, but this is all, uh, it's, an, it's all women, uh, speed running marathon, uh, and it's benefiting the Malala Fund. Uh, so far, they've raised, it's just started today, they've raised over $16,000 for the Malala Fund. Uh, it doesn't run 24 hours. They do uh, sleep at night and then pick it back up at about 1 o'clock Eastern uh, in the afternoon and then row until about 1 or 2 in the morning. So it's really 12 hours a day uh, for the next seven days. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of talented women uh, or, or pres- people who present as women uh, are um, uh, they, they do a lot of good work with this. So um, 
So uh, p- please do uh, if you if you are able to to watch and maybe even donate, that would be great. Uh, and uh, all the uh, game submissions and stuff for summer games done quick, as well as volunteer positions. If you want to maybe be a host, if you came to me uh, and you're listening to this show because I've, you've heard me host on Games Done Quick, um, th- those uh, applications are now open. So everything's now open for on-site volunteer positions as well as game submissions uh, for for SGDQ. Those came out this week. So uh, I wanted to mention that. Uh, and also then before we get into uh, the uh, what, what, uh, what we usually talk about, I do want to mention that uh, the new Stern Pinball Machine was also teased this week. It was not announced. Uh, but uh, well, I mean, it was announced, but like they haven't shown it yet. They'll show it in the next couple of days. Uh, it's, it's going to be Foo Fighters. They're doing another band table and it is Foo Fighters based. Uh, and, um, Jack Danger, who is a YouTube was like, is, is, is a prominent YouTube, uh, pinball YouTuber who got hired by Stern. He is actually designing the table. Uh, so, um, or the machine, excuse me, the machine, they're not tables, they're machines. Um, so, uh, that's uh, going to be the, the big announcement in the pinball world this next week. Uh, I'm not going to be getting it, but hopefully at Southern Fried Gaming Expo uh, in late July, uh, it'll be out by then, and I'll be able to play it then. So there we go. We've gotten through all of the other stuff, and so now it's time to uh, the, the to to get the drinking game that that the chatters have made. About every time I talk about VR, they take a drink. Well. It's a happy hour tonight, like Mike Def says, and um, we're going to be talking about uh, PlayStation VR too. So it actually came; it actually got here uh, pretty pretty soon, uh, pretty quick. Uh, it got here on the day of, and um, and uh, it, it's here. Uh, I got both the console or b- both the headset. I say it's a console because it's the price of a console. It's actually more expensive than the digital only PS5 uh, and the charging station. And the charging station's interesting, and I've got it sitting here uh, because uh, I still haven't figured out really the easiest way of putting the controllers in there. So I'm going to show the controllers first here on the stream. So the controllers are um they they look like the like what you probably see on the uh, Meta Quest 2. I have never not used a Meta Quest 2 yet, so like I'm just going off of pictures uh and and what I've seen. So uh, E3VL says charging station included. No, it was an extra $50 for the charging station and I bought it. Um because it, but they are, do provide it's USB-C underneath and so there's a little I'm going to say this word dongle. Uh, there's a little dongle here that is, is, makes it magnetic, but you can just use a regular USB-C cable and charge these. You do not need the charging station. It just makes it easier. Uh, but uh, what they've got, instead of what the Move controllers have, it's more like what a modern VR controller has. Your right hand uh, has uh, the X and the circle button, as well as its own uh, the start button, the right thumbstick, and then its own PlayStation button. And then the left one has, you know, pretty much the same thing. It's got the uh, the triangle and the square button, as well as the screenshot button and its own PlayStation thing. No D-pad, so you can't, if anything needs the D-pad or the touchpad, no, you're not going to be able to use this with it. And um, one of the games I did try to play with it, uh, I was using these, and I'm like, it's not working. No, you have to use the DualSense for it. Um, so... Paleonimaeus says the charging station is uh, is totally worth it. And and once I figure out how this works, because it's it is magnetic. There's these little magnetic dongles right at the bottom uh, that's that are supposed to lay 
inside this charging station. And you can kind of, there's like a little thing down here at the bottom, and that's where they're supposed to go. And then there's a little indent, indentation at the top of where uh, the thumbsticks should go. And I should probably mention there are, we've got both the uh, the, the capacitive thumbsticks, like on the dual sense for the PS5, as well as uh, the L1 and R1s are just buttons. And those are your grip buttons. So if you remember like the grip button from uh, an HTC Vive or a Valve Index, uh, that is where the grip button is usually, and then the R two, L two, and R two are actual capacitive triggers that behave just like uh, what you're used to with the Dual Sense if you've played that. Eventually, it does lock in, and then when you put it in, I was tr- for the audio folks, I was trying to put it in, and then there's like this little tiny light that is a part of the housing that will turn on and start flashing a little bit. Kind of like uh, the PlayStation does this as well. There's like this light along the side and it flashes the plastic on the plastic. And that's how you know it's charging. But I couldn't find that for the longest time. So yeah, I can actually now see that it is on just a tiny bit. You can kind of, it's like right at the, I have a picture of it. It's not showing up too well here on the stream. Uh, but I put a picture of it up on uh, my Mastodon account. I don't. I didn't put it up on Twitter. I think I did put that one on Twitter. I put a lot of other stuff on Mastodon. Uh, over at mstdn.games. Um, SJ Ronomat says, if anyone has Bluetooth earbuds, it basically docks like that. So yeah, it's this is not a new thing. It's new to me because my earbuds are still the plug-in uh, to a three and a quarter inch jack because my, my cell phone is still a Samsung. You're going to love this. A Samsung Galaxy S8. And I know what everybody's going to say in chat. They're like, you don't have a cover on that. I'm like, yeah, do you see how many scratches are on here? None, because I don't need them. Anyway, um, E3Vale says, I assume it docks like a Switch. The Switch doesn't, I don't believe, uses uh, magnets. This is kind of like a magnetized thing to kind of guide uh, the plugs in. Um, and you have to add, like, there's a special dongle that you add to be able to get it to work like that. And I think some other phones, uh, modern phones that are not as old as the Galaxy S8 that I still rock. Um, I'm, I assume they have the same type of thing. I think my wife, she had a Pixel, uh, Google Pixel, and it, it had the same thing. So the PlayStation VR 2, uh, it's actually been sitting back here, uh, and, uh, I will pull it out and show you some things. Uh, so yeah, and Zed Monkey Eleven says I didn't even know this was out yet. Yes, no, this came out. Uh, the PlayStation VR Two came out on uh, February twenty second, so it was Tuesday, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, stuff like that. So uh, SJ Matt says, does the headset charge or dock? No, because the headset is wired. The headset is not wireless, so it doesn't need to charge because it's going to be plugged in. It gets its power over USB. Um, so, uh, we're going to show that in a second here because I am now going to pull up the video of me trying to set this up. Let's talk about, uh, let's show a PlayStation VR 2. So I'm going to first preface this with my setup. This is, I hesitate to even say it's a first world problem. I, it's like a 0.1 world percent problem. This is like, you know, top one percenter crap that I'm talking about. Um, but I'm not the only person out there that has a dark room. Uh, so there's going to be some fun with that. If you just have a room that just happens to be dark, my room that happens to be dark is definitely a 0.1 world, uh, problem, uh, point. It's, 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 it's more niche than a first world problem. So let's, let's get that out of the way. And so, uh, because I have a home theater in my basement and that's where my PlayStation five is. 
and I'm not going to move my PlayStation 5 to another part of the house just to play VR. So I was going to see how this would work. So let's um, let's take a look. Uh, so just just to kind of give you a tour. I don't. I've never really even given a tour. Uh, that's the TARDIS in front of the Fox Theater in there. But I, there's a TARDIS in my basement, right in the door. Uh, big old TARDIS, custom built. We built it. Big blue door. It's bigger on the inside because when you open up the door here, uh, then uh, you go into the theater. So I've got a six-seat 4K home theater with an Atmos sound system. There's uh, speakers in the ceiling and things like that. And I've got an equipment cabinet in the wall, and that's where the PlayStation 5 is. You'll see an Xbox uh, Xbox Series X and Nintendo Switch dock and stuff like that. Uh, so this is where I need to play my VR because I ain't moving that uh, PS5 out of that area. Uh, so you can see that I have two rows tiered seating in here. Uh, that's that's kind of important because I'm actually I usually sit in the front seat here where the like right next to the controllers, but I'm actually going to be using that second seat there. Uh, so. This is, uh, so like I said, remember I said it was wired. So I open up the equipment cabinet and then uh, I'm going to basically plug in. It plugs into the USB-C port in the front, not your USB port in the front. So um, it plugs into that little USB-C port. It doesn't plug in in the back, just the front. Uh, So that means that I got to keep everything open, which I was going to keep the equipment open anyway. But it worked fine. Um, And it kind of teaches you how to, to... uh, turn it on, uh, how to put it on, and you have to actually, uh, in order to uh, get the two controllers to work, you actually have to plug them in via USB. So I did that off camera. And then this is me setting up the VR headset. Uh, So for the people, folks on the podcast feed, when the video comes up, you'll see this. You can actually see me in the foreground, and then I've got the projector. It's a 120-inch screen, and you can kind of see it over in the side. So you can kind of see what's going on here. But I but the problem is uh, adjust the brightness of your room. So the issue here is because this is intended to be a theater, the paint is dark black. It has a reflectivity rating of like six out of a hundred, which is about as as less reflective as you can get. Uh, the higher the number, the more reflective it is. Uh, and we have it's actually a dark purple carpet in there. Uh, but we do have some lights around the side, and there's lights in the the uh, on, on the, the stairway. So you don't trip when it's dark uh, coming down the stairs, the second row. And then there's a blue light in the equipment closet. So that is all I have where uh, that is all the light that I have. Uh, But this headset uses inside out tracking. And uh, that means that it uses the geometry of your room to determine where you are. Uh, And that's going to be fun when we get into some gameplay of some games that are not necessarily bright. So this is uh, the portion that we're watching now is showing how to put on the headset. There is a it, it, it works like the HoloLens a little bit, but also the PSVR one where you pull out the back part and then it tightens up. Now, the thing is, I have long hair and so it kept wanting to creep upwards. It did not want to stay on my head because my hair, it would just creep up and I kept thinking it was going to fall off. It didn't. Um, now it's got, uh, it comes with earbuds and I'm actually going to pause this right here because I want to show you these earbuds. Uh, so it comes with earbuds. Now, the thing they did nice with the earbuds is that it actually plugs in to the back of the headset. So you, uh, you would actually plug in on, on the left side is the three and a quarter inch jack or three and a half inch jack. And on the other side is just, it's a little, uh, kind of a uh, little nubby thing that goes into a, 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 the, the hole on the other side. And 
it these this attaches to the back of the headset. And then on the side of the headset, which this is something they did in the second iteration of the PlayStation VR that had the HDR pass-through, is there are little um, little pockets on the side that you can stick these earbuds in. Uh, and they never stayed in there for me. But that way you could just like grab them and put them in your ear or just stick them right back in there. So it is very nifty. Um, I will give you the spoiler alert, uh, but that is great. But the actual earbuds suck. Uh, I got no bass out of them. So if you like to play things like, I don't know, Res or Tetris Effect that has a lot of good bass, a lot of good, uh, you know, uh, all that, uh, you're not going to get that with these head- headsets. So I went back and I used the headphones, and you'll see them when I do them later. Uh, I used uh, the actual head- uh, some actual headphones that I could plug in and put in over, and they sounded much, much better. Beliana Maya says, I ran into long hair creep too. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I hate it. I, I hate it. But it, it didn't come all the way off. It never popped all the way off. It just felt like it. And Fifth Dream says, why does Sony feel the need, need to have VR have 30,000 30, parts to uh, put together and keep track of? The thing is, this is one cable. So, uh, you know, I mean, you can. I, I don't use those earbuds anymore, so I don't need to keep track of them anymore. But unlike the PSVR 1 that had the breakout box and you had to, like, feed the HDMI pass-through and blah, 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 this is literally one cable. It plugs into the front of your uh, play, uh, the PlayStation 5. It plugs into that USB-C cable in the uh, port in the front. That's it. You're done. No external power. No nothing. Um, so let us continue our journey here. Uh, so now it's telling me to put on the headphones. Now here's the new thing that I haven't used is eye tracking. And what it's also doing is it's looking. And so when you see the little white dots in the center there, that's actually my eyes. Like, and, and you can even tell when I'm blinking, uh, and it wants me to adjust the headset and adjust my IPD, which is the interpupillary distance is the distance between your eyes. Standard, uh, I think for, for females is, uh, 62 millimeters and men is 64 millimeters. something like that. I have 62 millimeter eyes. I don't know what that says about me, but, uh, it, but that's how it tracks your eyes, uh, and it and I and I am wearing my glasses, so I, I know you see me here on the podcast. I'm wearing contacts when I do this podcast on Sunday nights, but I am totally I wear glasses most of the time, uh, and then uh, so so I was wearing my glasses underneath. So I will talk a little bit about the eye tracking later because I will tell you I have a severe astigmatism. Which means that my eyes don't work as well as yours do, especially when it talks about positioning. But what it does have, it does have this pass-through. So you can kind of see that it's doing this pass-through. It gives me a black and white pass-through of my room, but that way I can find my controllers, put them on. And there's a little button right at the bottom of the headset that automatically turns on the pass-through so you can see what's going on. So that's great. A lot of the modern headsets have that now. Works great on the PlayStation VR 2. Um, so... Uh, th- this is uh, them showing me the controllers, and so I can, you know, and it's using the controllers also to track itself as well as the other geometry of the room. What it then does is t- it does something, uh, and I'm used to this from the HoloLens. Remember, I haven't used a Quest or a Quest 2, so th- the Quest and Quest 2 might actually do this same type of thing. The Valve Index does not do uh, this to set up your room. You set it up yourself. Um, but... Um, so now it is uh, now it's actually adjusting for eye tracking. That's actually the next thing it does. So what it does for the eye tracking when you want to set it up is it has a dot on the screen. It's got a white dot on a black screen, and it moves the dot around, and it wants you to use your eyes to follow it along. 
And then it puts that a black dot on a white screen. That's very bright. Uh, but then it has you, and, and you can kind of tell I was having trouble getting the right, far right dot uh, because of my astigmatism. Um, and Esther Man says, oh, there are AR effects nifty with the left and right controllers. Yes, it actually can track things in the room. There is some stuff. But then it's like, okay, now try it. And, you know, you can look around and, and you can even see, like, when you blink on this, it's, it, it, it's, it's neat tech. But And it, I'm sure it works great for people who have good eyes. Uh, for me, um, it's actually kind of headache-inducing using it. And I'll talk about it when I talk about the games. But then it wants you to set up your play area. And so the play area, what it does is it looks, because it's using 3D cameras, it can see the 3D geometry of your room. So it wants you to look around your room, look at the ceiling, look at the walls, look everything around. And uh, and ZenMonkey11 says, are those your eyes moving on screen? Yes, those were it tracking my eyes. And it told me to look at all the different dots. Um, and it does use that in some games, and I'll talk about that. So I stood up and it, you know got around the room, looked around. And it's like, all right, cool, we got your play space. Um, and then you can set your play space and you can either have it, uh, be in a standing mode or a room scale mode. You need at least seven feet by seven feet to do room scale, but you can do standing in just a few feet. And that's what it told me I could do here. You can also set it up to be just sitting where it gives you kind of like a rounded area next around where you're sitting. Um, and, uh, it doesn't give you enough room because if you're playing a game that you need to reach outwards, it's like, it keeps showing you your, the red circle of uh, your controller, like you're about to hit a wall, stop, uh, but you're sitting and you absolutely have that kind of room. Um, and uh, E3VL says, do you have to do this every time if you change rooms? You have to, uh, so yes, if you change rooms, yes, it wants you to rescan your room. Uh, I actually have to reset it every time I plug it in. Uh, that is kind of a bug that I have found recently, uh, that uh, the game just won't load unless I set up a, a temporary play space, usually the sitting, and this is what I'm doing right now. And now it's going to, there's some sound here, because now it's going to make my room go away. And we're going to see the PlayStation VR intro. There's the PlayStation VR 2 intro, the logo. Yeah. And uh, so that that was, and then uh, when, it, when it basically goes from that, uh, it, uh, it, it, when you're on the menu, it actually doesn't show anything on the screen. So you don't see anything anymore there. And here's me putting the googly eyes on to the front, defacing the headset. Since all the cameras are on the side, I don't need to worry about sensors. I actually made it derpy a little bit first. Uh, the, the second eye was a little bit too far down. I did fix that off camera. But uh, now we do actually have googly eyes on here. Uh, and it's uh, there, there we go. So that was setting it up. So, um, and uh, ZenMonkey11 says, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to save it like the Quest 2 does. It saves multiple play areas. So, I am I was having some issue. What would happen to me is when I would turn on my PS5 and I would plug in the headset because I don't keep it plugged in because of my setup, my first world problem setup, uh, I like to have that equipment cabinet closed uh, and not wide open like that. Uh, and I'd launch into a game, it would just be a black screen. And either I would have to, A, completely reboot the console. I would have the PS5 in rest mode. I would either have to, A, completely reboot the console or go into the PSVR 2 settings and set up a play area. Um, it will look around and see if it recognizes your play area, but it doesn't for me. And I think that's more because of what I'm trying to do. Me being in a dark room, 
I think that's why it's an issue. If you are in a lighter room uh, that has things that it can key off of, that'll be even better. I do know the people that do have bright rooms, but they're bare. Like if you have like an empty room in your house and it's got white walls and like a standard carpet and nothing else, PlayStation VR 2 is going to have a hell of a time trying to stay tracking. You actually need to put like post-it notes or posters or some people were putting like painter's tape with a different color to give it something to track. So um, that uh, so there it's that's the that's the folly of inside out tracking, which is a lot better, easier to set up. But this is why I like the valve index. I am lucky enough to have a valve index and I've got the uh, a base, the lighthouse stations, one in this corner of, of my room to my front right and one behind me uh, to the back left. And I have them on poles. I don't have them. I have them basically on light poles, which uh, basically the same type of. Uh, poles that photographers will use to mount like the big flashy lights when they're actually doing like a professional photo shoot. I have two of those and I mounted uh, the the lighthouse sensors to that instead of drilling into my wall. Uh, and that this is also portable. I can actually take these to other places and I can make it, you set up VR anywhere. Uh, and so you don't have to worry about this tracking stuff, but when you're doing inside out tracking and I'm assuming with the Quest as well, uh, it really relies on the the uh, how much stuff is in your room that it can keep track of, as well as how well easily you can see it. So uh, that uh, that is setting up the PlayStation VR too. Um, and um, and Sasha Matt says, I'm sure you'll get to it, but I wonder what or if the accessibility settings are post calibration. You can recalibrate at any time. Um, and. But what I will say that what I did is everything I have done so far with PlayStation VR 2, I have done sitting down. Not because I can't do room scale. It's not because I can't stand. It's not because I can't move around, even though, yes, you probably noticed in the video, I'm a little bigger person, but I'm not that bad. Um, I still exercise and everything. Uh, it's metabolism based. But anyway, uh, I decided I'm going to try everything sitting down. And actually, every game and demo I tried, I was able to play sitting down for the most part. There are some design decisions in, in some games uh, that do kind of make it hard to, to play sitting down. But, mo but all of them, I've been able to play sitting down. Uh, because Fifth Dream even said, I thought VR was invented, so you don't have to go anywhere. That's right. I mean, and so I'm not going to stand and walk around. I'm just going to sit. So uh, the game that uh, I, I did get the bundle with the game in it. So I have Horizon Call of the Mountain. Which is a climbing game. I, I know there's some combat in there. Uh, they do have some good accessibility options in there. Uh, is they, so I made Bobby Blackwolf mode. And Bobby Blackwolf mode is I take zero damage and I do five times damage to the enemy. I, I am so happy about that. Um, that way I can experience the, 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 the story here. Uh, E3VL asks, is it open world or linear? What Horizon Call of the Mountain is. Imagine... If Disney made a ride based on the Horizon franchise, it's very linear. Uh, there is some exploration you can do. There's collectibles and stuff. It's not, and you do physically move. You do actually move around. Uh, so you're not, it's not on rails. It starts off on rails. Uh, because you're literally in a boat going through, and there's even a safari that actually does a lot more where you can see the, all the machines and stuff, and you're going down a lazy river. But it is essentially if Disney made a ride 
based on Horizon. It's about a five or six hour experience from what I'm told. I've only gotten through like the first hour. Uh, and, and, and yes, it is a full price thing for that long, but it's still, I mean, it's, it's not like a 30 minute tech demo. It is a, a game that has combat. You have a bow and arrow and you're, you're, but you're mostly traversing. Uh, so I'll even show that, uh, because I did show me actually playing horizon call of the mountain. Uh, and the other thing I want to mention here is that the menus, as you see here, uh, you can see that like the menus are getting selected. My eyes are tracking that. It's tr literally tracking my eyes, and that's what's controlling the pointer. Res Infinite has a mode where you can actually target with your eyes. For somebody with astigmatism like me, that's headache-inducing. And I wound up picking, um, selecting so many wrong menu options, especially when you get to like the ones that actually have a lot of stuff on it. Uh, like a lot of different options because I would click and my eye would move involuntarily and it would, I would click something different. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and Paleonimaeus said, when I uh, heard a familiar voice and uh, turned and saw Al uh, Aloy, uh, I realized it was $700 well spent. Yes. And she's short, by the way. Um, unfortunately, I had already gotten past that part by the time I had made this video. So you don't get to see that. Uh, this is like the section right after you meet her. Um, and uh, as Sheridan says, this is on rails and it's a free roam leash. Uh, so this, and just in case, this is what you look like when you're playing Horizon. So anyway, that that's what you look like when you're playing it. So you're doing a lot of like stretching out and climbing, and uh, basically, it, it's there's a lot of these white areas. And so if you ever wanted to play uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild and wonder what it was actually like to climb up all those mountains, this is the game for you. So th this game, uh, it it is it is well made. Uh, it is probably. It, it's probably second to Half-Life Alex. Uh and in terms of like a, a you know a great AAA style VR experience, uh it is but it is not it's it's obviously still a Disney ride where Half-Life Alex was actually a full-fledged Half-Life game. It it really is Half-Life 3 even though they don't want to say it cuz you know Gabe Newell just doesn't like the number 3. But this is this is actually really well made. Um and I think it's just, it's, I hadn't gotten to the town yet. So, I mean, there probably is more combat. I just went through the combat tutorial before you get here. Uh, but um, it is really climbing up and getting to different places uh, and meeting characters from the Horizon franchise like Aloy and, um, and, and, and really being just this ride within the world. I'm going to show next another game uh, that I picked up. Um, and uh, because uh, they, they were $10, uh, I'm going to show Tetris Effect Connected first. Um, and, and because this is where the dark room got in the way. So I'm playing Tetris Effect Connected right now. And you're going to see that I'm going to be, you know, I'm, I'm actually playing the new classic mode that came in. And, oh, it went away. And it said I can't track your surroundings. And then it could track my surroundings again. And then I continue playing but it paused the game so i had to unpause the game and you know get back into my rhythm uh and oh, oh nope it happened again i can't track my surroundings and then i started again and i think this is directly because of my room uh now there actually is a setting called tracking support where it says, turn on this setting if you experience tracking errors often or if the VR screen moves around on its own. A frame is added around your TV screen to make it easier for your VR headset to recognize. This is deep inside the PlayStation VR 2 settings. And what it does is it adds 
this uh, border that has like all the PlayStation buttons on the side uh, to your TV screen. And since I put this on, I still every once in a while get that tracking error, but not as often as I was getting. I actually set my camera back up because I was getting that tracking error so many times. So this actually set it up uh, so I could play it. Uh, Now, it's going to suck for anybody trying to watch because now the screen's a lot smaller. It's not as crisp for anybody that's watching in what they call spectator mode. Uh, But uh, it makes the VR experience a lot better. The Breakman says VR Tetris should have the blocks coming at you. Otherwise, what's the point? Uh, I'll tell you what the point is. Because I've talked about Tetris Effect Connected. Because I played it on... The, it came out for the PlayStation VR. I played it again when it was on Game Pass on my on my Valve Index. I bought spent 10 bucks here. VR... Tetris Effect in VR is not about what VR adds. It is about what VR takes away. Now, if you've never played Tetris Effect, the, the idea of Tetris Effect is you're in the zone. And it, you are immersed in, the te- in, in what you're doing. And yes, there is visuals and sound around you, but it's all about you being in the zone. What VR does is it takes away everything else in your life. And that's a very dramatic way of saying it, but let me explain. If you're playing Tetris Effect on your TV, which is great, it's a great experience on your TV... Peripherally in your vision, you still see the edges of your TV. You still see the wall, maybe. You still see the stuff on the side, uh, you know, whatever equipment cabinets or whatever you have on the side or shelves. You still see all of that. And hearing what you hear, yes, you hear the music and you hear the sound effects. You also hear the hum of your air conditioner. You might hear... Uh, your roommate or partner or family member doing the dishes in the other room. You have all those other things going on. But if you play Tetris Effect in VR with good headphones, not maybe those earbuds, but with good headphones, suddenly you no longer see the TV border around your TV or your equipment cabinet or your shelves. You no longer hear the hum of your air conditioner. You no longer hear the person in the kitchen doing dishes. All you see in here is Tetris. I actually am better at Tetris effect in VR than when I'm playing the exact same game on the exact same controller on the exact same console on a monitor. And as Sharon Amad even says, professional Tetris players played a lot better playing Tetris Effect in VR than in normal. That is absolutely that's that's what people were talking about because they when they there was a video that somebody did with one of the champions of like one a big Tetris champion, uh, and I think it was somebody who'd also been to the Nintendo World Championships, and he actually was one of the finalists in Vegas, where I was only a semifinalist in Atlanta. Uh, hashtag humblebrag. But um, he actually was like, okay, I want to try the VR version. Like, really? Like, we didn't think you'd... We thought you were a Tetris purist. And he played, and he was like, that's way better. Like, now now that's the way he wants to play Tetris. So, it really makes you feel like Tetris. IGN would still give it a 7 out of 10. But it really makes you feel like Tetris. Uh, and and Dark Tetsuya says, so like a sensory depri- deprivation thing. It's not sensory deprivation, but it is removing all the other distractions around you. Which can be a good or bad thing. So I'm sure that there are uh, 3D Tetrises because Waltris was a thing and, and doing stuff like that. And even I've played 
uh, some VR games that were kind of a reverse Tetris and stuff. But but yeah, so that Tetris effect, it's not about what VR adds. It's about what it takes away. And it's it's hard to kind of get your head around it until you've actually done it, and then you get it. But you need the headphones. If you just have the headset on, like PlayStation VR 1, and you're just using your sound spe- your, the speakers of your, your TV or whatever, it, you're not going to get it yet. It's it's not it actually might even be a worse experience. You need the headphones, any pair of headphones or earbuds will work, but you need the headphones along with it. Um, I will also mention that the other thing that this has that I have not had in another VR uh, VR headsets is it's actually got force feedback in the headset. So it's actually in the upper ring. It's got a little bit of force feedback here on the top and in in the back as well. And it's it's not a huge rumble. It doesn't shock you. Uh, it's not trying to kill you or anything, but it is a sensation. And they use that sensation uh, in games that are more action-heavy for, um, for like, when there's an explosion, it'll actually rumble, so you actually feel the explosion in your head. Um, you will see it, uh, like, uh, when I was playing Res Infinite, which is another game that had a $10 upgrade and I got it, uh, it would use it when things blow up. Uh, Tetris used it when you got a Tetris, you could just feel it, you know, it was, and it's timed to the music. So you don't even notice it. Like you, it's like, it's there and you're like, Oh, that's natural. No, it's actually the headset doing it. No other headset does it. Um, so that was actually, that is a very interesting experience. There's no real way I can explain it, but it was something I got used to. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like that's, that's a natural thing that I would expect to happen in these situations. So, uh, and as Sheridan Matt says, fa- uh, face feedback. And E3 VL says, is the rumble similar to the DualSense controller? Yes. And yes. So in here, it's got pretty, pretty, I'm sure it's probably the same motors that are in the DualSense controller. And then the controllers here have the same uh, trigger uh, feedback as well as the, the same force feedback that the DualSense controller has. So, um, so that that was a very interesting thing. Uh, Res Infinite, I didn't get any video of me playing it. There is a way that you can actually set it. It is not set by default. Uh, but uh, if you've ever played Res, uh, and uh, basically you use the, the controller as a pointer to play Res, and that's what you use to aim and fire and stuff like that, you can use your eyes. You have to go into the options and turn it on because it uses the controller pointer by default. You can set it to use your head. Uh, and you can also use it, have it use a, a, a thumbstick uh, in there. But you can set it to use your eyes. So it is your eyes moving around selecting things. And then you're just holding the button and you're basically moving your eyes around. Uh, with me and my astigmatism, uh, my eyes, what, it, what, what that does, and um, you know, people who have astigmatism are like, I know what that is. But if you don't, uh, consider yourself lucky. I'm jealous of you. Uh, but my eyes move around involuntarily, especially if I'm trying to look at something specific that is in an awkward place. Um, so I would be trying to look at things and my eyes would just start darting around. And it actually gave me a headache. It is very cool. And the breakman says, this sounds cool. It is very cool for the majority of people that don't have astigmatism. Like I, I am a very special case. So it is a very cool tech. It does work. Uh, it works so well, it gives me a headache because my eyes just do not want to cooperate. Uh, but a lot of menus use it. Uh, the Horizon Call of the Mountain menus will actually use your eyes. You can turn it off. It's the R- You click the R3 button and you turn off the eye gaze. It's very easy to do. But you can use that to select what you want. And basically it just says, okay, what are you looking at? And that's what you're going to select. 
I, you're able to turn it off, and I did, but I tried it. Uh, but I do know, I believe, uh, Shane, if you listen to Orange Lounge Radio, Shane has talked about all the time. He also got a PlayStation VR 2. He played Res, uh, and he turned on the eye tracking. He said, I can never play Res without eye tracking again. Like, that is that is the way to play. So if it works for you, it's going to be an amazing experience. If you have an astigmatism, play it once or twice, see if it works for you, and then turn it off. Um, now, one of the things it does do with the eye tracking is uh, is something a little bit different that you might want to keep on. So you want to keep it on in the in the headset and have it use it, but you want to uh, turn it off in the game. Like, don't actually have it affect gameplay. But what the PlayStation VR 2 will do is it will know where you're looking, and it will render really good graphics at that spot that you are looking. So it can have high-quality textures right in that little spot, and then it will not render as well the stuff that's in your peripheral vision. It'll still render it, but it won't be as well good because you're not paying attention to it. And then as you look at it, then that's what will be rendered. And that's how it can deliver higher quality uh, graphics to you uh, without having to deliver it to the entire headset. And uh, I haven't, I have it on. I haven't noticed it because it's kind of hard to notice it because once you look at another part of the screen, it obviously renders that part of the screen better. So it's uh, so that's one of the tricks that they use to have higher quality graphics in their games. Uh, is and it's I think it's foveated rendering. I think is the technical term for it. But it's basically it's looking at where your eyes are looking and it's rendering that really really high and it's rendering stuff on the edges not as high. So. It's uh, it, it is it is pretty cool. Um, the Breakman says that sounds so cool. I really want to try it. It's one of the things you actually have to try. Like that's the thing with VR. I can show you trailers, which I am going to show you trailers in a second. Uh, but you're not going to get the sense of any of this stuff unless you actually put it on your face. Paleonime says I noticed it looking at people in Horizon. So I, I probably will be able to notice it once I get a little bit further in Horizon. Um, so. Uh, but yeah, so but it's it's a neat tech. It it works really well uh, and stuff. The uh, one of the games that I did try uh, that I have um, is uh, Gran Turismo Seven. Now, Gran Turismo Seven. If you get a PlayStation VR two, I'm like I'm going to use Gran Turismo Seven, and you're, I'm going to sit there and you get your your controllers. You're all set. Nothing's going to happen. You're going to have to sit through the damn opening movie again. And you're like, why am I doing this? Uh, the Gran Turismo Seven does not use the PlayStation VR 2 controllers. So you will need to have your DualSense, your regular old DualSense, or if you're you know a, a better person than me and you actually have a racing wheel, you're going to want to use that. Uh, but you can play Gran Turismo 7. You can play everything. Uh, you can play all the races in VR mode, and there's no specific like menu item for it. You're basically playing in cinematic mode, and um, you're ba- basically playing in cinematic mode And then uh, as you go into a race, then it goes into full-on VR mode. Uh, And you're basically, you're sitting in the car, uh, racing in the car. And it's done really, really, really well. So uh, I I really enjoyed that. Uh, I actually rented Gran Turismo 7 via Gamefly like last year and then sent it back. And I actually bought a new physical version because it's $30 cheaper physical than it is digital on the PlayStation store. So I bought, I bought it this week and tried it in there and I'm actually doing better at Gran Turismo seven than I was when I was playing it on a controller in third person mode behind the car. There is also a, a mode in there that works not as well as they want, 
which is uh, they have uh, you can actually it's a spectator mode where you can watch your race in VR as if you are standing on the side of the track. And what it does is you watch all the cars go by and then it blinks you to another spot of the track where you watch the cars go by. If you're sitting down or like trying to just face forward, uh, it kind of sucks because a lot of times you're not even facing the track because they're expecting you to like, I guess, turn around as you watch. And then it's basically setting you up to continually turn you around. I think, um, I didn't play with it enough to know if that's actually what they were trying to do, but, uh, it was kind of a neat, it, it, and it rumbles the headset as the cars are running by uh, and stuff. So so you, you can actually feel, hear and see what it would be like to stand right on the side of a racetrack with all these cars going 200 miles an hour past you. But uh, I really did enjoy playing uh, that, and I'm probably going to wind up playing a little bit more of that until I can't pass the, uh, the, the uh, driver's license test and I can't progress any further, because I know that's going to happen at, uh, at like that. So... Um, the other games that I did try, uh, I've I got some demos of them. And, uh, the first one is another Disney thing. Uh, so they've got the, uh, what is it? Tales from the Galaxy's Edge from Star Wars. So I played this for a little bit and, uh, it is, this is on the quest. So if you have a meta quest too, you've already played this. So this just has, uh, more, more Star Wars. Uh, it is kind of showcasing Batu, which is part of the Disney parks. That's that's what Galaxy's Edge is in the Disney Park. So you can go around there, uh, and then you can you can you shoot guns. You, you there is a lightsaber section, but it's uh, you know kind of a side section. But you shoot some guns uh, at things, and you're traversing and doing quests and things. There is a demo on the the PlayStation Store, so I did not actually buy the full experience. Uh, I've got went through the demo, uh, and the thing that where that it's kind of hard to play this one sitting down, which you'd probably want to be standing up for this one anyway. Uh, is that that you store your gun in your holster, so you actually have to reach down to your belt. Well, if you're sitting down, you can't exactly reach down to your belt in the the way the game wants. Uh, But if you are standing up, uh, obviously it's going to be fine, and most people are going to play this standing up. And but there are buttons that you can use to crouch, so you don't have to physically crouch. So if you're like me and you have some bad knees, uh, you it's not going to make you crouch. There is a button to uh button to crouch and stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah, Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge Enhanced Edition is on uh, the PlayStation VR 2, and you can try it there. I had to try this game, so I got the demo for this. It is a game called Drums Rock. So it's a music game. It's a rhythm game. Uh, and I hadn't played it before. But... It is, uh, essentially, it is air drumming. And so you're basically, you're killing these demons, and you're playing, uh, you're basically, you, you're playing air drums to, uh, to, to defeat demons that arrive at you. Uh, and it, it does the headset vibration to the beat and everything, but it, it looks a lot like what Guitar Hero 3, it's got the Guitar Hero 3 style art style, um, if you remember that, uh, and it's got, a, it, there's a couple songs, there's two songs in the demo, uh, and, and then you can get the full game and play it. The problem that I have, obviously, unfortunately, is that I've been playing drums, real drums, for decades. So I kept losing where the drums were. Um, where, and what I mean by that is uh, I would not stop 
when in, or I would lose where the drums were, and so I would no longer hit the drums as I was continually going because I'm trying to guess where they are. It does give haptic feedback. It does kind of feel like you, you get a vibration when you hit the drum, so you know when to stop. But obviously, nothing's actually stopping you. Um, Dark Tatsia says, are they covers? I think it is the actual bands. I think they actually got the real licensing because I think it is kind of the... the I, but I'm not sure. It, I haven't listened to Black Betty uh, in so long. Uh, and so I don't know if it was the actual cover, if it was a cover or if it was the real one. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I tried it. And, uh, if you're good with air drums and able to kind of keep in the same area, then you might have fun with it. Like I said, there is a demo for it. Uh, but, um, if not, it might not be the best thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, and Orchrite was said, uh, I wonder, was wondering how this game would play without an IRL drum set, uh, it, about as well as you think. Um, it, it looks cool. It looks really cool, but, uh, it's probably going to be easier for people who don't play drums to play it because we're used to, as somebody who's played drums, I'm used to the feedback of the stick bouncing back when it hits the head or, you know, feeling the crash of the cymbal. You don't get that here. They give you a little bit of haptic feedback so you can try to retrain yourself. But I think if you've never played drums before, I think you're going to be able to pick it up a lot easier than somebody who actually is playing drums. And then uh, the last, the other game that I want to try, I did try like Humanity, uh, and it was basically it's a third person camera thing. So uh, Humanity, the new enhanced game, which is the studio made Res and Tetris Effect, um, that demo is out. It's a limited time demo. Try it on the PlayStation Five. It was part of the state of play. Cosmonious High is the last game that I tried a little bit. Uh, this is by the uh, Alchemy Labs, which did uh, Job Simulator. And the thing that I didn't like about the demo is that you couldn't actually change any settings. You could not get into any options menu. So it just drops you right in and it's using like teleporting and like it didn't even give you a tutorial on how to use things. It just kind of drew you in. Uh, but apparently like you're this alien in this alien lab uh, and you're setting things on fire and then freezing them and then filling them with water. And uh, Job Simulator is great. And I'm sure that this is also great. I think if I was able to like change the options to make it work the way I wanted, uh, I'd probably have more fun with this one. But uh, this was the other game. It's there's a demo up on this on uh, the PlayStation Store where you can try this. But like I said, it doesn't let you change any. The options button doesn't work in the demo, and I'm sure it does in the real game because Job Simulator does. Uh, Breakman says I have no idea what I'm seeing right now. That's basically Alchemy Labs. Uh, so. Job Simulator, it was a game that came out with the HTC Vive. So that's an old game. They did then did Vacation Simulator a couple years later. But Job Simulator was basically you're just doing... It's a room scale VR thing. Uh, it was to show off room scale. And it was, you know, you're doing jobs. And essentially the storyline is for Job Simulator, at least. I don't know the storyline for Cosmonius Quest because it kind of drops you in. You don't get to see the story. But Job Simulator, it's like robots have taken over, which ChatGPT is already on its way to do that. And so what they have done for the human population is that they have made a theme park so humans can see what it's like to work a job. And so they would actually have you do these jobs and these tasks, and it's a robot's reimagining of what a job is. Uh, and But it was all involved like puzzles of picking things up and putting things in specific areas and doing specific things to complete the task. Uh, and it's very wacky out of out there. Uh, funny stuff like that. So that's that's what Cosmonius Quest is. Uh, the Breakman asks, are these games made for people that use acid? Yes, most people probably, yes. Yeah. 
But I was not on acid, and I enjoyed Job Simulator. So, uh, and I do not uh, advocate doing that stuff. So, uh, and uh, there, I did try the NFL game where you're basically it's 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 actually an NFL branded product. Uh, where you're the quarterback and you you basically you have a play and they they have you look at the play on your uh on your device here on your wrist and you, you but you they actually want you to like hit your wrist like you can't point and click something you they actually want you to point at your wrist and when you've got these big controllers with these big uh circles around them you can't exactly do that you can't hit your hands together anyway uh, but then you actually like step back and you throw the ball and you, you you actually can see your helmet around you. It's it's a neat little experience, but uh, I'm glad there's a demo. I was able to try the demo and then I can delete the demo off my hard drive and never think about it again. But I'm sure for some uh, for people who are diehard football fans, that's actually a really neat experience because they've got the branded teams. I believe they even have the stadiums in there so you can actually you can feel like you're in the stadium. Uh, Bonds 006 says, I've been listening to you and I'm like, can it run Doom? Can we get Bill and Ted's excellent VR experience on this? I would like to play Gran Turismo in VR. Now Resident Evil is a no in VR. God of War in VR. Destroyed Living Room. Uh, RPG Maker VR. So I will tell you what it, uh, what you can do is you can play any of these games in the VR headset. Any game, uh, PS5 or PS4 game or anything in the VR headset. It would just be a huge screen. So it'd be kind of like having a home theater in your basement like I do. You can have this huge screen in front of you and you can play it in VR, but you can't actually... There's no motion controls. They would have to make it for that. There is a Resident Evil demo. Uh, You notice I didn't talk about it because I am too scared to play it, so I'm not even downloading it. But yes, they have Resident Evil Village in VR, uh, and there's a demo out of it right now. Um, I don't do the the hero uh, the the horror stuff. I try to do everything but that, uh, which is very fun in VR because everybody makes a horror game in VR because it's the easiest thing to do. Fear is the easiest emotion to evoke in a human, which is why there are so many games in VR that evoke fear because it's the easiest thing. It's the lowest hanging fruit. Um, S. Jordan Matt says, here's the $549.99 question. Is it worth dropping the cost to get it now? Does the launch window in the next few months of a set of games coming out seem enticing? No. Um, I will say that uh, if here, here, here's what would have changed my mind if it was the, it would have been worth it if they had done this one simple thing. If they made it work on PC. You wouldn't have gotten the greatest graphical quality, but if they made this work on PC, then yes. Uh, because I think that at that point, it is on par with maybe a Valve Index. It's just the software is not going to be there. I'm going to use this for a little bit, play some of the games that are on it. Uh, maybe if you're really big into Gran Turismo 7, you're going to play it over and over in Gran Turismo 7. But uh, I, I can't see the launch window being that great yet. There are some VR standards that are there. Synth Riders is fun. Beat Saber is coming. Uh, but there's no VR chat. I don't even know if Sony would ever allow VR chat on PS5, but we'll see. There's no VR chat. There's no. Uh, uh, there, there's not all that stuff yet. So I don't think right now it is worth the money to get today. The pro- the only downside of me saying that is that I know that AAA studios and even AA studios are looking at the sales of the device to see if they should invest money in putting games on the system. And so if you don't buy it now, they don't think you're interested because money talks. That That's my answer. It's, it's one of those, like, I don't think it's worth it now, but I worry that if enough people don't buy it, we're not going to get anything that's worth it in the future. 
Breakman says, Bobby just cost himself some promotional money. That Nobody pays me for this stuff. I haven't gotten free review codes in like 10 years. I got, I pissed off Activision about 12 years ago and got on their blacklist. Anyway, um, Matt says, maybe someday. Can't imagine it would be easy to patch to make a PC accessible natively. The modern hackers probably have found a way. It connects via USB-C. Um, they absolutely could have made it PC accessible uh, and, and working in the PC uh, because it's just sending stuff over USB-C. Um, and I would have loved to have seen that, uh, especially as Sony is now doing more things in PC. They're having games come out on Steam. Uh, they're not as anti-PC as they used to be. Uh, so they absolutely could have, but they're not yet. I'm glad I have it, and it's gonna it would it's gonna be a neat kind of conversation piece to have other people try uh, and stuff. But like, I'm not sure the software is there yet, and I I don't know if the software is gonna be there. But it is a chicken and the egg problem. The reason we got some really high end experiences for the PlayStation VR one is because it outsold everybody's projections. As far as I know, the PlayStation VR two is actually undersold, and in fact, like they thought they were gonna get twice as many pre orders as they did. And so they actually even have units left over. The one other thing that it doesn't have that I do want to mention, because this was a feature I would use on the PlayStation VR 1, is it does not play 3D Blu-ray movies. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Bobby, nobody makes those anymore. 3D TVs died. It's a fad. They don't make those anymore. Uh, they Most don't. Some do. James Cameron loves his 3D uh, Avatar 2 was just out. And you notice, like, you know, and he actually films in 3D. The Marvel movies, they make 3D uh, versions. and But I think the 3D movies still sell well overseas in Europe. Uh, and But in kind of in the U.S., I think the last 3D television was made by LG in 2016, so you can't get them anymore. Uh, but the PlayStation VR played 3D Blu-rays in the headset. So you would put, be able to put it on, and you would be able to see the 3D movie. Now, the PlayStation VR's resolution was terrible, so it didn't look that good. But if the, if the PlayStation 5 played it, you, it, it actually looks pretty crisp when you're looking at a game in cinematic mode, which is, uh, you know, it basically has a thing in front of you. It looks pretty crisp. It, lo- it looks kind of on par to what it looks like when I'm playing on, in, on my 120-inch screen in my first world problem. But... It would be nice to be able to have the 3D movies in that for the people who have 3D Blu-ray uh, collections. It is not a hardware issue. It is absolutely a software issue. They patched it into the PS4 because uh, the PS4 didn't play 3D Blu-rays at launch either. Uh, they actually patched the Blu-ray player to add in 3D playbacks. There's no additional hardware needed. You don't need a different laser. It's just a different file format on the disc. Um, they even, there is even, uh, on PlayStation four, there is a version of the YouTube app that is VR compatible. So you can actually watch 3d movies in, and 360 degree videos in the YouTube app on PlayStation four. That is not on the PlayStation five yet. That is something that I would like to see them patch, patch in because I did inherit a whole lot of 3d Blu-rays from my, from my father who actually has a 3d TV. Uh, well, he did. It's it's mine now, but then it's going to be going away. I'm still going through all the estate stuff there. Uh, but he, I inherited all his 3D Blu-ray movies, and there was a lot of them. And uh, ZenMonkey11 says, 3D looked great. The only problem for me was watching movies. They just put you in a black void, no virtual theater. Yeah, there it's, it is just a black void. Um, they don't have anything that's analogous to, like, a big screen VR uh, that we have on PC VR and stuff like that. So it is just a black void nothing else. And so if that doesn't work for you, 
uh, then it's not going to work for you. But I would love to see 3D Blu-ray movie playback for that because one of the things I have talked about here on the show, and I know I'm actually going pretty long. I'm not even going to do a music break. But luckily, OLR is not here tonight. If you're here waiting for Orange Lounge Radio to start, they're not in tonight. That's why I'm still talking um, because uh, Rob is out on a cruise. Uh, he, he, he said this publicly. He's on a Star Trek cruise. He's drinking... Uh, he's avoiding William Shatner, but he's with a whole bunch of other Star Trek celebrities and Grandpa Matt from uh, Horde House and Starboard Power Coupling, other podcasts here on the VOG Network. So uh, so OLR's not here tonight. That's why I'm actually still going. And if you're here waiting for OLR, I apologize. They're not going to be here tonight. Um, so, and yes, Drake Man, he probably is having Romulan rum. Uh, I'm, I'm not jealous at all. Anyway. I, uh, you know, I, I would love to see that because one of the things I've talked about on the show about 3D stuff is I'm actually stereo blind. So that means I do not normally see in 3D. Uh, so like if I'm just like looking around the room, like it looks like a 2D image to me because of the way my eyes are screwed up. Uh, but in VR, I actually do get a sense of depth perception. I didn't know that what I was missing until I first got the Oculus Rift Dev Kit 1 and I saw this really weird in, in the sensation of I could see the volume of air between the front of a, a candle and the wall behind it. And I actually talked to other people that would go into that thing. If you if you remember the Oculus Rift Dev Kit one from 10 years ago, uh, it was the Italian villa. There's this one little light fixture that curved out from the wall. Uh, and I, I, other people would stare at it, too. And I'm like, oh, is it like, you know, a really weird experience? They're like, no, it's exactly what it looks like in real life. And so that's when I knew, okay, this is how I can see things in 3D. I can also see things in 3D with the 3DS, by the way, so the Nintendo 3DS. So I know 3D to a lot of people was a gimmick, but for me it was like this is how the rest of the world sees things. So unfortunately, 3D movies in a theater with, like, the glasses. So, like, if I went to go an IMAX 3D movie, which is what movies are shown now and if they're in 3D, it's a darker 2D to me. If I tried to look at them on a 3D TV with the shutter glasses, that's what my father had. It was kind of a darker 2D, which just was shuttering. In VR, I can actually sense the more extreme 3D elements. And it's a bright, it's the same bright image and stuff like that. It's not darker or anything like that. So I liked watching some 3D movies in VR because I could actually see the 3D. I will also say it's a kind of a trippy feeling that because of the way the cameras are, when you do the pass-through, it's also in 3D. So I'm actually now seeing my room in 3D that I when I was using the pass-through on the PlayStation VR 2. Um, it was actually showing things and rendering it in 3D, and I was actually sensing the 3D that I would not sense if I was not wearing the headset at the time. So I, I hope that they patch that in. It's something absolutely they can patch in those th the 3D movie capability. They patch it into the PS4. They patch it into the PS3. Uh, there is no special laser needed. It's just a different file format. They either need to accommodate the side-by-side -side format or the interlaced format. There are a couple different formats. Uh, but uh, hopefully now that the PSVR 2 is out, uh, they can support it or maybe some of the other stuff can support it. ZenMonkey11 says, a quote from Discord from a friend who's watching the stream. Hi, how you doing? Good. Uh, this guy just gave me a reason to want a PS5. It is really great technology, and I'm really happy that I have it. Uh, the PlayStation VR 2, it's got a lot of potential. It needs the software. It absolutely needs the software to back it up. And uh, if it can get that software, then this is going to be great. The PlayStation VR was great because it had the software to back it up because it sold a lot more than they expected. Sony is not poisoning the well. 
when Sony got into the PlayStation, oh, the VR game with the PlayStation VR one, I was so worried as somebody who had been around since literally the dev kit one days. So we're talking, you know, 2013. Uh, I was worried that Sony was going to poison the well and it was going to be low rent experiences. It wasn't going to be. And PlayStation VR one totally impressed me. The thing that sucked about the PlayStation 1 was the tracking because it was the old visual tracking with the move controllers. You had to have the camera and the lights, and it sensed the lights around the headset and then on the, in the move controllers or on the front of the, dual, uh, of the DualShock. This has better tracking. Once again, I've got a first-world problem. I've got a very dark room, so it's not working as well, but it's working just fine once I figured out all the settings I needed to do. Uh, and then, I mean, and I, I would have to go out into a more lighted room to do room scale stuff anyway. Um, cause there is that little, that lighted area outside of the theater. Then I could probably do some room scale stuff in there and that's very well lit and it's, it will have no problem tracking out there. Um, but there are good, good experiences out now. There are good games out now. A lot of people are porting their PSVR one titles up. Moss and Moss two are using the eye tracking. Uh, but you do have to rebuy them. There's no upgrade path for them. But Moss and Moss 2, they started using the eye tracking. They've got the higher quality graphics uh, from when it came out originally. Uh, so a lot of companies are doing that and trying to jump on this. And I hope that more do. And I hope that as more of them jump on board, more people will buy the PlayStation VR to convince your AA and AAA studios to invest in VR and make a VR experience. And maybe we'll start seeing some of these full-fledged VR games like a Half-Life Alex on PlayStation VR 2. I think that would be great because uh, this is kind of on par with my Valve Index in terms of hardware. Uh, in fact, it's got a little, few more bells and whistles than my Valve Index does. Um, but it doesn't have the library of my Valve Index because it's that's PC VR based. So that's uh, that's what I have to say about PlayStation VR 2. I'm, I'm excited about where it's going to go. S. Matt says, apparently Marina Sirtis got very drunk and was very funny at a TNG uh, Next Generation Q&A on the boat. That's usually what happens on these things. They did announce when the next year's cruise is, and LeVar Burton's going to be the, the headliner on it. And I'm like, hmm, I love cruises. I love Star Trek. Do I want to go on this? The right man says, console VR has finally grown up. Like I said, PlayStation VR 1 was actually like the market leader in virtual reality headsets. Until Meta Quest 2 came along. Meta Quest 2 is now the market leader. But PlayStation VR 1 was like the gold standard in terms of units sold, units in homes. So uh, usually uh, I would take a quick music break. But uh, obviously, because I went uh, way long. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we're not going to do that. And uh, we're also not going to take calls tonight. Um, usually we do take calls in from the green room. But uh we haven't been doing that recently, and this was a lot of information that I wanted. But I want to thank everybody that was in chat that talked uh, and, and talked to us about a lot of this stuff. Uh, and uh, there, like I said, there is no Orange Lounge Radio tonight. Rob is on a boat uh, with Alan. He's having a fun time. He's uh, already messaged some stuff. Uh, so um, I'm jealous. I wish I was on a boat. Uh, so there is gonna be, this is going to be it for VOG Network tonight. So I thank you for being with us. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Network. Come join us, and I'll talk about things that aren't VR in the future. Um, and uh, stay tuned tonight. We will raid someone after the show. Uh, so if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone. Uh, I know the show is not necessarily for everyone. 
uh, but it is maybe for somebody who doesn't know anything about it. Uh, I am on social media at Bobby Blackwolf in most places. My Mastodon instance is mstdn.games. I actually posted a lot on that uh, Mastodon instance about PlayStation VR 2, uh, a lot of the pictures, more than I put on the bird site. A bird site only got a couple things. I actually put a lot more on Mastodon, so follow me there. And... Uh, uh, and Breakman asks, is he still sober enough to text on a cruise? Uh, he, he, last I heard from him, it was early in the day, so he hadn't gotten too drunk. Um, but, uh, but he, I, he shouldn't be texting me at night. He, he shouldn't. Um, but I do want to thank the people that went above and beyond with their support, uh, tonight. I do want to thank Orange Wright for your subscription, resubscribing to Twitch and, uh, to us on Twitch, which means he gets to see the VODs. So if you subscribed on Twitch, you can actually go back and watch all the video that I put up. I had about 15 minutes worth of video that I had shot while I was setting up the PlayStation VR. Uh, and I also want to thank Drop Uno for the follow. Thank you so much for the following. Uh, that is it for me. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and hit the button here and get us out of here. And uh, thank you so much for hanging with me while we talked VR and got pod culture drunk because he takes a drink anytime I mention it. And this was a longer episode. So take care of yourself. See you next week. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.